Hey, welcome to the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast. Glad you found us for another season. Really hope you enjoyed the guests that we have today. Take a listen. Reach out if you want some more information. Enjoy the time. Enjoy the learn. Hopefully you get better from this. The Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast is a big fan of cookies. I'm excited to announce the podcast now has an official cookie sponsor, Texas Treaties. Texas Treaties is a Dallas-based custom cookie company that can design and decorate any shape and color combo you can think of. Not only do they look amazing, they taste great also. Texas Treaties is offering Dallas area listeners a special 10% off promo. Use the code podcast at checkout. Link to order will be in the show notes. In this episode, I talk with Coach Ernest Lawson. Coach Lawson is currently working as a financial advisor in the DFW area. Coach Lawson also runs the site GetToTheQB.com. Prior to this venture into the financial world, Coach Lawson was on the sideline either at a collegiate or high school level since 2011. His coaching stints include as a GA at the University of Michigan from 2012 to 2014 and his alma mater, San Diego State University, from 2016 to 2018. Coach Lawson was also a player at San Diego State from 2006 to 2010. It was great to talk ball and life with him, and I hope you get as much as I did from this episode. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at CoachLawsonTX, on Instagram at GetToTheQB. He's got a YouTube channel, and don't forget about his website. Links will be in the show notes. Enjoy today's episode. On today's episode of the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast, I'm joined by a special guest. He is the founder of GetToTheQB.com. He is a former San Diego State defensive lineman, joined by Ernest Lawson. Coach Lawson, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm well. Pardon the uh, pardon the voice, man. It's been a little hectic with the weather changing, so I'm a little scratchy, but... Hey. Uh, all good, man. All good. No worries. Hey, just like we tell the kids, man, you got to you got to tough it out and work through it. So no question. <laughs> well, coach, let's dive in, man. Tell us about, you know, your journey into coaching coming out of uh, San Diego State and being a player. And, and how did you get started and, you know, kind of where you're at right now with everything? Yeah, no, I, um, you know, I got a um, got into coaching uh, back in 2011. I because um, I graduated December 2010 from San Diego State uh, from playing. I, I played there from 2006 2010, and um, got into coaching immediately after at a small private school um, in San Diego called Santa Fe Christian High School, which was by far one of the best experiences that I've. Um, that I've ever had. It actually led to me getting saved uh, in that process because I actually wasn't a, a Christian before then. And um, it was just a great overall experience. Should have honestly never gotten that job uh, just because I was super rough coming out of, of college. I, I cussed in my interview multiple times. Uh, and so I just, I need you to, like I cussed in my interview at a Christian school to coach multiple times. <laughs> and uh, still got the job so it's it's um you know it's, I joke about it with some of the guys on the staff uh, that I keep in contact with from there it's just you know God made that happen that's how I know God was real because there's no way 
I and any real sane person without God's intervention would have would have hired me there. And so um, did that for a year. Really enjoyed it. Got blessed with the opportunity to be a, a graduate assistant at the University of Michigan the following two years from 2012 to 2014 because my head coach my last two years at San Diego State was Brady Hoke, who was also my D-line coach my last two years there. And, um, you know, I got real lucky with him bringing me on there. Was a great experience for me, uh, learning and growing. Was around, I was on a really great staff. You know, Brady Hoke's a phenomenal head coach. Um, I loved playing for him. I loved working for him. He was great. Um, but that came to an end, um, you know, in 2014, uh, I got married during that time, um, to my, to my wife We're we're now together going on eight years. Um, but from there immediately got a, um, I got blessed and, and got lucky to get a high school head coaching job, uh, in 2014 for the fall season at a high school back near where I'm from in Vallejo of, uh, California and um, took that job, screwed up and did so many things wrong. Uh, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Got blasted our first game, 63 to 16. Um, all three levels of our program, I think lost a combined like 100 and, and like 13 to 16. It was an awful, awful debut coach, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. And, um, but, uh, you know, we were fortunate to kind of bounce back. We ended up winning our, our being co-district champs for our, for our uh, district. They call it league back in uh, California. But, um, you know, only ended up doing that for a year because uh, I, I didn't teach on campus at the time. And that was a whole, um, you know, kind of a whole situation. Me and my wife, we were really poor at the time. <laughs> we uh, lived with my parents. Uh, for that year, um, and then kind of got put on to a teaching program out here in Texas that would allow us to get our teaching credentials and um, while still being able to teach. And so we kind of decided to make the leap to do it and come out here the following year in 2015. Um, and did that, got on at Northside High with Joseph Turner um, that year. And coach there had a lot of fun. Uh, one of the funnest years I've had coaching uh, was that year with those guys. Uh, Joe does a great job. I mean, an unbelievable job uh, for anybody that knows Northside High and Fort Worth. Um, he's done an unbelievable job there. And uh, got to be able to, to do that for a year. Um, and then was fortunate to get the D-line job back at San Diego State um, from, from uh, the spring of 2016 through, and I was there through the spring of 2019 um, and got let go. Uh, but those three years were great. Um, great learning opportunity again for me. Again, I was really fortunate to be on another really good staff. Uh, we had some really unbelievable players. Uh, you know, we had, you know, a first round draft pick in Rashad Penny, who's an unbelievable player, unbelievable person. You know, we had Donnell Pumphrey on that team uh, that year in 2016 unbelievable player uh unbelievable kid and we just had we had a really good group of kids throughout the whole three years and i especially in my room i was very fortunate and so um that came to an end though in spring of 2019 um and me and my wife knew um 
if college, if or when college ended, we wanted to come back to Texas. And so we've been out here since then. I coached locally high school wise uh, at Southwest High School in Fort Worth um, for the 2019 season. Um, and then I sat out this last year because um, I actually transitioned into jobs. Um, I went from teaching to actually going into into personal, not personal finance, but being a financial advisor actually at Merrill Lynch. So I'm doing that and then doing the consulting thing um, as well with the site and all that stuff. And, and so that's kind of the journey. Sorry, that's a long, very long answer. But um, but yeah, that's kind of how I got into coaching and kind of where I've been. Oh, I love it, man. It's awesome that uh, <clears throat> one, you can be honest about uh, where where you were at those times in your life and, you know, to talk about being in your, in your first job out of college, you know, and that at a place where it's a Christian school, you're, you're cursing <laughs> in the interview, yeah, but at the I, same time it led to you getting saved. Like that's a profound thing. And, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, you know, we, those of us that, that are, are men of faith and women of faith, like that's a void that gets filled that just changes everything in your life uh, exponentially positive, uh, beyond what you could have imagined. Absolutely. I mean, it's, um, absolutely been a life changer for me. Uh, you know, you could just ask my wife, uh, <laughs> you know, I just, it's been, um, yeah, it's just God, uh, has blessed me and continues to bless me, um, you know, throughout my journey, just with coaching life, um, you know, just with everything. And, you know, I'm sitting here talking to you with this podcast, you know, and, and made it through the pandemic, you know, so, so far, Lord willing, and, uh, and just so many other things. And I, I've just been extremely fortunate, man. And I know that's all him. You know, that, that ain't me. And so, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm just extremely grateful, extremely grateful. No doubt, man. I want to dive in just a little bit to the financial part, <clears throat> yeah. but, but well, here's what I want to ask initially is what have you taken with you from a coaching standpoint into the financial world and how you address and handle and work with your clients? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the one thing that I really have enjoyed about this job so far um, with the transition is just, it's really like coaching instead of teaching people or kids X's and O's and, you know, how to take on a blocker and stuff, you know, you're just helping people try to get a grasp and a hold of their finances. And, you know, I, I, I wanted to get into this because, you know, for, for my family and myself, you know, honestly, you know, we, we like growing up, you know, we were never poor. Like my, my, you know, my parents always did a good job taking care of us. You know, again, I was very fortunate, but, you know, like we also had very bad money habits, you know, like in terms of, um, you know, just student loan stuff, me and my siblings had taken out and, you know, just not, you know, sticking to a budget at times and, uh, you know, God talk about a journey, but uh, yeah. So I think, you know, for me, it, I wanted to get into it because I, you know, I, it's something that I've kind of been learning more about and becoming more passionate about in recent years. And just with working with other people, it's just about trying to help them really kind of avoid the same mistakes that I've gone through or some my, you know, my family's done it and being able to see that change for people and help implement those changes for people is really, you know, just awesome. Um, you know, and again, it's very similar to coaching for me, because again, all, all coaching is, is, is really teaching and 
And, you know, with being a financial advisor, it's the same thing. You know, you're just really teaching people how to try to be better and help coach them along the process. So it's been, uh, you know, again, it's, it's not, it's not identical, but it's very similar to what I was doing before. So I, I've really enjoyed it. That's, that's awesome. And you're right. You know, <clears throat> they say the best coach, coaches should be the best teachers because it's just a matter of what information you're presenting and, you know, how you address one, one person on the field, a certain way about a certain, you know, move or whatever, you're not going to be able to address the same people. And obviously everybody's got different financial um, dilemmas or conundrums kind of thing, depending on where they are in their life. And, you know, this right. pandemic has certainly affected all of us differently in, in, in a variety of ways. Correct. Yeah. No, it's, um, yeah, it's been crazy. So yeah, again, like you're saying, a lot of the principles, you know, coaching are the, are the exact same of what I'm doing. So I, again, I've just, I've been very fortunate um, to be able to get into this because it's something that I've, I honestly really enjoy. Awesome, man. Well, let's flip back over to, to football, man. Let's talk about on the field. Um, you know, one of the things for me is, and, and, you know, I think you'd be able to address this the best is, I think San Diego State is one of the most slept on schools in the country when it comes to talent um, and particularly on the defensive side and what they do. I, th I think a lot of people forget about just how good they are and the kind of talent they produced um, because you're not on TV and, yeah. you know, well, you're on, well, on the really late. Yeah, exactly. So so what is it that what is it that makes San Diego state special and what is it for you that you think maybe, you know, why people sleep on them? I, I think obviously when you talk about San Diego state, one of the first things you have to talk about is just the city and being in San Diego. And I think for anybody that's been fortunate enough to, you know, either visit or live there could tell you, I mean, just the city of San Diego truly is amazing. I mean, the whole uh, weather deal of being 72 degrees year round on our, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable to live. In. I mean, I, I was fortunate enough. I lived in there, lived in San Diego, including my time as a student, as a coach, you know, probably eight to nine years. And it was, I mean, just living there is unbelievable. And so I think that, that being able to be in that environment and, and um, is just a, a one, a really good deal too. I think, you know, with the, with, the culture that got instilled with when Coach Hope first got hired uh, my junior year in 09, that's been carried on throughout that whole time through Coach Long and then now with Coach, Coach Hope again. You know, I, I think it also makes it special. You know, um, it's not a, you know, it's not an easy place to play. And, you know, we demand, uh, you know, a lot out of the guys that play there. And, um, and I think that leads to the success of it, um, you know, why we're able to be good and, and why we were kind of able to get that thing flipped, you know, my junior year, why it's been able to kind of stay that way throughout the entire time. And, you know, and again, we've just been really fortunate, you know, with the, with the kids we've been able to recruit throughout that entire time. Um, you know, and I say we, I was only part of the recruiting of that for three years from 2016, 2018. Um, you know, but that staff has done a really good job throughout that in time, you know, and especially now Coach Hope being the head coach again, um, you know, it's really kind of ramped up. And so, you know, um, the kids are tough, we, you know, they play hard. And uh, again, there's a lot more talent than people think, you know, that 2016 year, my first year there, 
I was really blessed to take over a really talented room. And, and I say that because I probably had the most, I probably had the best play defensive lineman in the entire conference who was a senior. And uh, my, the, my predecessor, uh, Osei Lewis, uh, God rest his soul, uh, had done a really good job with that room talent-wise and just how he coached them and how ready they were. Um, you know, my biggest thing is like, I just tried my best really not to screw them up uh, because, you know, Alex and the rest of that group made me look really good. Because, uh, I mean, we had dudes. I mean, we had, when I look at that defense, we had an NFL guy, at least one NFL guy at each level of our defense. And if, if not one, we had at probably two to three. And so there was Alex up front on the defense line. We had Calvin Munson, who's a linebacker with the Dolphins, who's our Mike linebacker, who's a stud. I love that kid. He was, so, he was such a great player, but he was such a great kid. And then we had DeMonte Casey, who's uh, one of the starting safeties for the Atlanta Falcons as our corner. And uh, we had other really talented players, uh, even if they didn't make the league, they were really talented. And then again, our offense, our offense that year, um, we had Donnell Pumphrey and Rashad Penny as our two running backs. And our offensive line had a a fourth round draft pick at guard, Nico Saragusa. And then we had uh, another guy who was a walk-on tight end, converted left tackle, who's now one of the starting linemen for the San Francisco 49ers, Daniel Brunskill up front. And uh, we had another guy, Quade Miller, who's a really good player. We had Nick Bodden, who was drafted as a fullback. And uh, I mean, we just had some dudes. And, uh, and you know, it, so that year and even throughout that time, throughout my three years there, uh, you know, we've just been really lucky uh, and really blessed. Not, I guess uh, lucky probably isn't the right word, but we were really blessed with just talented players. And uh, it's definitely one of the best programs in the, in the country. Um, I especially feel like the 2016 year, we, and I know how this is going to sound, but we could have really played with anybody. I'm not saying we would have beat everybody. I don't, think, I don't know if we would have beat Bama, uh, but we just wouldn't have. There, ain't, there wasn't any team we probably would have played that year and just got smoked or walked off the field. We would have made a game with anybody and we could have beat, and I really mean this, with anybody. And uh, so, you know, again, it's, it's just for where it's located at and uh, just the staff that they have. Um, it's just, it's one of the best programs in, in the country, bar not. I love it, man. And, and and I love how you talk about also the, the staff, right? You. Anybody can win with players, right? But to right. to not just win games, but to win, you know, conference titles and bowl games and championships and be consistently at the top, right? It also comes down to the staff. So when you're in those staff meetings and you're looking around and right, you've got Brady Hoke in there and the rest of the, the staff that was there at various times, you know, for you, as you're continuing your progression, what were keys for you to help you become a better coach? So um, I want to, I'm going to get to that, but I also want to address what you said too. So anybody can win with players. And what I'm going to tell you is that's not true. And so, and I, I say it's not true just because I lived that as a player. So when I first got to San Diego state, we had dudes everywhere. I mean, and a stacked, and our 2016 team that I coached on probably still 
Maybe. I mean, they had better players because we, I mean, we have Rashad Penny, who's a first round draft pick, and Donnell Pumphrey, he's a legendary college football player. But those first three years I was at San Diego State, we probably had, we had six NFL receivers on the team. We had three NFL linemen. Our quarterback at the time, Kevin O'Connell, who I think is currently the OC for the LA Rams, was a third round draft pick for the Patriots. Kevin O'Connell was unbelievable. He was the only reason why we won games back then. He was a stud. Um, and, I, and I say that just because we, we had all this. We had Russell Allen, who was an NFL linebacker. We had Antoine Applewhite who was an NFL defensive player. I mean, we just had, we, we had dudes. I mean, we, we had dudes and, uh, and we won nine games in my first three years there. And it's not for a lack of trying by those coaches. It's not a knock to those guys or whatever, but we had dudes everywhere and we sucked. We were terrible. We were hot garbage. We lost to Cal Poly twice in three years. I mean, we were bad. I mean, we were, we were terrible. And so I, I say that to say, you still have to coach good players. Um, good players definitely make you a better coach. Don't get me wrong. And I, I stick with this quote, and I believe it. Uh, coach Calipari said it. Uh, it's really hard to win, even if you're Vince Lombardi as a coach. If you don't have talent, it's really, really tough. And I will tell you, and I lived that too as a coach, my year at Northside with Joe, with Joe Turner and them in uh, 15, we weren't good. We got romped a lot. And it's not, um, you know, and there was a lot of issues that contributed to that. Obviously, we could have done a better job coaching, this, that, and the third. But we didn't really have players either. And so it was a, it was a combination of everything. Um, and so um, – uh, again, I just, you need players. And I say that too, because Joe, who has taken Northside to the playoffs for the first time, uh, he took Northside to the first uh, playoffs for the first time in 2020 or 2019. Um, I think, no, it was 2020. Uh, for the first time in like 60 years or 30 years or whatever, is because he's got a receiver that's now going to Virginia Tech too. And so it's not like Joe knew how to coach back in 2015 too, but now he got a dude and some more kids and now it's really starting to show like, you know what I mean? So, uh, so I, I wanted to touch on that, but to get back to kind of what, uh, if I, if I believe I heard the question right is what kind of makes you a good coach or can you say that one more time? Yeah. So what, um, when you're, when you're sitting in those, in those meeting rooms and you're progressing, right. As, as you've, you had your time as, as that initial coach, at the Christian school and now you're, you know, you're, you're back at San Diego state and you're continuing to grow. How, how are you taking what's, what's being talked about inside of those staff meetings and, and applying that to making you a better coach on the field? Yeah. I think it's just trying to look at guys in the staff room uh, to me that I thought did a really good job as coaches um, and just, and whether it was the current staff or the staff I've been on and really trying to figure out kind of the things you like that they did and try to emulate those really. I mean, I think that's what anybody good does. I think in any profession is they, they figure out what really good people do 
um, and try to understand why they do it. And then if they, if that kind of also fits them and what the, who they are as their identity as a coach or a teacher or, you know, professional or whatever, then try to emulate that, you know, cause again, if, if it works, it works. And so that's what I try to do. And I also try to learn from a lot of my failures, um, throughout this time too, you know, um, specifically thinking about the time I was a GA, I was a terrible GA. I was awful. And I say that because I was an idiot and I, and I when by idiot, I mean, like, I thought I knew everything and I'm sitting in a room with Greg Madison and I'm thinking like, Oh, I know this stuff. And like, no dog, like you don't like shut up. Like you don't know what you're talking about. Like, you know what I mean? And, uh, and again, I, it was really where I was really grateful for my high school head coaching experience is because I'm going to be honest with you. I thought, uh, I was about to go back into high school coaching, just getting done as a GA at the University of Michigan. And I'm about to show all these stupid high school coaches, what's up? Because I know more than them. Like, you know what I mean? And no, like I told you, I lost our first game. And I'm, I'm, I'm replacing a guy at the school. It's American Canyon High School. I'm replacing a guy that's won like 28 games in the previous three years before I got there and went on two like deep playoff runs uh, before I got there. And, uh, and we lost our first game of combined on all three levels, 100 and something to 16. And it was a wing T team. And I'm the D coordinator, mind you. We didn't make them punt once, coach. We didn't, not one. And so uh, it was just, it was very humbling um, to have to go through that experience and, and really be able to kind of reflect and, and really, it was kind of God's way of telling me like, hey, you don't know, you don't know near as much as you think you do. And, uh, and again, I, you know, that there was a whole lot in that process that I learned from not just, you know, the opening night uh, tail kicking, but, uh, you know, but yeah, just learning from other coaches who I thought did a really good job. And then also learning from my own personal failures as a coach uh, throughout each year. Cause uh, you know, there was always stuff that I, that I'm, um, could have done better. And so really those two things that I tried to focus on, you know, to this day and, and really try to, to remember those things and improve on those things and just, you know, let that mold kind of where I'm going. I love it, man. I, I, you know, one, I, I love that you, that you are, are being very real and honest right now. I love that you, you know, counter my, my, my first question about, you know, anybody can win with guys. It's, it's great. And this is what this platform is for. And, and I agree with you is that, <clears throat> you know, good players make you a better coach. Right. And, and, and they mm -hmm. can, but they can also mask a bad oh. coach. Right. Oh, yeah. So uh, at the same time, you know, when you're in those, in that room and you are taking over, that that defensive line room and you're coaching these elite level players mm -hmm. what was it for you when you realized um that they had bought into you and were bought into the things that you were presenting um because you have you might have gone about certain things similar to your predecessor but you might have used a different terminology yeah no i know for for me i know i was pretty pretty different than than Ose. Um and not in a bad way like that. It was just I was different. Um, you know, um just I grew up in a different era. 
You know, there's no way I could be Osei even if I wanted to. And so, you know, for, for me taking over the room, um, you know, I, I was very, you know, lucky one that I had a group group of kids. Like I really didn't have bad kids. Like I had a couple of kids, you know, that would get into, you know, little trouble, you know, from time to time. And I mean, just like being late for class or like nothing crazy. Uh, but I had a really good group of kids. Uh, I mean, I really did. And that year, especially when I took over, you know, with with uh, with Alex Barrett, who was a senior, with uh, another kid, Sam Ty, who was a senior, and uh, Kyle Kelly, who was also a senior, you know, and, and really with Barrett, because Barrett really kind of set the tone for everyone, because Barrett was our best player by far. Um, and, uh, and But Kyle Kelly was really good, too. But um, those – the kids all had a healthy fear of Barrett as well. And so they knew they needed to do whatever he was going to do. So my, my big thing was, you know, for, for me, as long as I had the, the kids with the influence in the room on my page, everybody else is going to be on my page too, you know? And I, and again, I was very lucky uh, with, because those three kids who, you know, and Sam didn't play a lot for us, but all three of those kids, Alex, um, Kyle and uh, and Sam, they all bought into what I was talking about relatively early on. And a lot of it, you know, I, I remember, you know, and it's a, you know, it's a, it's a good thing, a bad thing, but you know, all, if you coach D line, you know, kids, all they want to do is pass rush. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like they coach, I don't want to play the run, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I help me rush the pass because that's what, you know, that's what gets glorified. It's not, you know, taking on double teams, putting double teams, getting you know, it's rushing the passer, getting sacks anyway. So, you know, I, I asked them, you know, in my initial meeting with them um, when I uh, when I was interviewing, because Coach Long had me sit down with him, I just asked them, what do you guys feel like you need help with? You know, and they all pass rush, blah, 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 blah. Because, you know, you could have, again, Rod Marinelli as your coach, but everybody thinks they still need to get better, uh, you know, pass rushing. And so when I remember early on in our spring ball, because I got hired a week before spring ball um, for them. And so I made sure, you know, I worked on everything, but I made sure I worked on their pass rush stuff too. And I remember about three or four practices in, you know, we were doing one-on-ones and all that stuff. And we were getting a lot of, of wins during the drill. And, you know, our kids, I remember specifically one kid, you know, was saying, you know, he even said like, you know, we're getting better. You know, I mean, saying that to the other kids, you know, like saying it loud. And all that stuff. So obviously, you know, at that point, I kind of felt like, all right, they're, you know, they're buying into what I'm selling. And so, um, yeah, again, I have to ultimately, I think for, for no matter what sports you're coaching, you got to you got to get kids to believe that you care about them. Um, which you should. Um, and then you got they got to believe that you can help them get better. Because you got, and you got to have both to where, like, if they know that you care about them, but you can't really teach them nothing and you can't help them, then they'll like you. But, you know, it's like, it's really limited. It's a really limited deal. Um, and then where if they know you can get them better, but you don't give a crap about them, then it's also really limited. It's not what it could be. And so you got to be able to do both. And those things I, I really just tried to focus on and, and felt like, you know, was able to get buy-in from those guys, um, 
you know, because of that. And, you know, I tried to tell, you know, like it was different for me too. That's my alma mater. Like I sat in those same seats that those kids sat in. Like I wanted them to be good. You know, even after being let go in 2019, I still root for those guys. I still root for those kids. I still root for those guys on my staff because I want them to be good. And because uh, those are those are my guys. And so, you know, I again, I, I was just a really fortunate situation um, that I found myself in and, you know, with those kids and, and I, you know, and they, and they bought into what we were doing. So I, I was lucky. Are you still are you still able to keep relationships with some of them to this day? Yeah, with some of them, not not with all of them, uh, which which is, um, you know, I I kind of kicked myself for because um, I wish I did. Um, that's one of the things I wish I would have I've been better about throughout my entire time coaching is just keeping tabs on kids more because um, there's there's kids that I still keep tabs with who, who I have great relationships with, but I just wish I did it more. And that's one of the things I, I again just feel like uh, I definitely failed in some instances uh, with that. But definitely, I'm very thankful for the kids I'm able, I am able to talk to and still keep up with and, and stuff. And it's cool to see how they're doing and, and, and all those things. So it's nice. How does, that, how does that desire to have done a better job building those relationships and keeping relationships translate over to what you're doing now financially? Because, you know, it's kind of like, you can be a part of you're, you're a part of somebody's life in the sense of they're they're very vulnerable to you presenting you with with their financial yeah. situation, good, bad, whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, it's a little it's different in the sense of like outside of the money thing. How much do you really invest in them on a personal level versus right. keeping it very client based? Whereas just like you said, it's not just showing these kids that you care. It's showing them that you care and then showing them that you can get them better. So, right. you know, it's just kind of like a, a balance thing. Right. And, and cause just like with the job that I'm doing now, some kids don't just, you know, with like some with clients that I have now is, and that I'll have in the future, some of them won't care that I like them as a person or care about them as a person. It's just like, Hey dog, I need my return, bro. And so if you can give me my return, we're good. If you can't give me my return, I don't care if you like me anyway. I ain't, I ain't using you. You know what I mean? And it's, it's some, you know, it's the same with college, you know, with some of the kids, they were just like, Hey, it's cool that you like me and stuff, but I really need to get to the league. So can you help me? And um, so I think it's about understanding, you know, kind of what they're looking for, whether it's the kids or, you know, in my, in my profession now, what the client's looking for, uh, and again, just helping them get what they're get what they're looking for, you know, and producing the result that they're trying to achieve. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, that's your goal. That's that's the only goal that you have as a coach is to help them get the desire that they want. Because um, you can't want something for them more than they do, you know, and all that stuff, right? And I know I'm speaking to a choir, you know, but man, I text um, I texted uh I texted one of my D tackles that exact deal today. He, he he just wasn't have he just wasn't having the best day in class and I texted yeah. and I texted him at the end of class and I said, "Look, dude, I love you, and I want greatness for you, but I can't want it more than you." Right? Oh, no, no. You, you're right, coach. You're right. And 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 I I can I can hear myself yelling at my players the same thing. Like it, <laughs> it should not, you know. As a coach, we're we're always going to be. We're, we're going to have opportunities 
beyond that season more more often than not right. unless you just are an idiot and do something stupid and then you're done right. forever right but, you know when it means more to us than it does to them it, it, it really creates it creates tougher environments because you're kind of at a loss of of like what to do to get them to buy in more uh sometimes maybe not yeah. every time but you know yeah no I, I think it's i think it's um i think it's a great point and i think you have to be cognizant of that but i also you know for me i had to be aware of it too you know is that you know like coaching and playing is very different you know and i think for for coaches you know like it or not i i just we're going to be more invested in it because we spend way more time than they do. You know what I mean? Like they're in practice with us and then they went home. I know I went home uh, and I, I got on the sticks. <laughs> I did all that. Like, you know what I mean? I talked to my girlfriend. Like, I didn't like, you know what I mean? Whereas just, you know, we're watching practice film. We're doing all this stuff, you know, like we spend, you know, again, depending on what staff you on, you spend anywhere between 60, 80, 100 hours a week. And so, yeah, you're going to be a little bit more invested than the kid who just, you you know what I mean? Like, you're just going to be more invested. So you got to kind of keep it more in perspective too, and kind of realize like, especially dealing with high school kids um, was my biggest thing coming back to, to high school after college. It's just like the whole mindset's different. Like they just got way more. There's like, it's just not, football's not even remotely the same as it is for the kids in college. Like, it's just a whole different deal. So you kind of got to be, you got to be mindful of that too. It's just like, you got to figure out where the kids are at with football and meet them where they're at. Cause again, you, and you always try to push kids more and give them, give them to get their best. And I'm not saying don't do that. You need to do that. You're also failing them as a coach, but like, don't be pushing it. You know, like, again, don't be, or you can run it more uh, than the kid, but ultimately at the end of the day, as a coach, you're just going to drive yourself nuts and you're going to yeah. make your, you're going to pound your head against the wall and through the wall. And it just, so I, it's just, I feel like that's one of the lessons I feel like has been, hopefully I've learned who knows if I've learned it, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a, uh, yeah, it's tough. That's a no, tough. I, I, I'm with you a hundred percent on that, man. And that's a, that's a great point. I'm going to, I'm going to stick on, on one more thing related to particularly right now related to high school kids before yeah. we kind of break down you, your philosophies on, on D line play. Um, uh, but before we even get to that question, you talk about going home, picking up sticks. We're recording this episode on February yeah. 2nd, right? Yeah. We got, we got monster news that came out today, <laughs> right? Cause we grew up with NCAA yes. on, on the consoles, man. And it's, yes. and it's, it's coming back. So, Yes. I mean, hands down, who who's on the cover for for the Aztecs? Who's on the cover for the Aztecs? Ooh, I if it ain't <laughs> if, it, if it ain't, I mean, if it ain't Donnell Pumphrey or Rashad Penny, I don't I don't know who else he could. I you know what I mean? Like I just I don't know who else could be. It's really got to be Pump. I mean, Pump's the leading rusher in college football history, and Pump is five nine, like one sixty five. Like he's one of the most unbelievable football players I've ever seen. And I've, and I've had the luxury of, of being around like Denard Robinson too, who was unbelievable. Uh, Ronnie Hillman too, who's my teammate. Unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, no pump pump. And uh, yeah, if it's not pump or penny uh, who I, who I love, I love it. Like they're just, they're great kids and uh, or great young men. I should say now they're, they're grown. 
but uh <laughs> but yeah no I, it's got to be them it's got to be them. i love it man uh yeah I, when you talked about that i was like oh i gotta i gotta work this in because it's it's a great yeah. day it's a great day for all of us that grew up with the games man oh because i haven't owned a system in years i'm whenever that game comes out i'm buying one and just for <laughs> yep Man, no. all my Xbox has been used for is, is Netflix, <laughs> Disney Plus, HBO Max. Like, I, I don't play. Uh, right. I had the D tackles over uh, during the season. Uh, I only had four four varsity guys, uh, three of which were seniors. Um, and I had them over, and uh, I, they were like, well, what, do you, what system do you have? Oh, I got an Xbox, and I got I got two controllers. Yeah. No, nah, nah, it's all right. We got we got the PS4. They hooked right. it up. They they, <laughs> they travel ready to go, man. It's right. It's insane. Well, no, it's a big deal. I mean, they brought it on road trips with us. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a big deal. <laughs> it's a big deal. So I I asked you the question in, in the pre <clears throat> pre episode questions about as a as a college player and a high school player seeking a trainer, taking them to the next level, right? Yeah. Can you, elaborate on your on your perspective on that because now you've had the opportunity as a player at the collegiate level a coach at the high school and a coach at the collegiate level so you've really seen a lot of different people and and gotten to know their past along with your own so what would you say to that um and and give advice uh to to these kids that would be in the market for something like that potentially okay so i'm going to preface this this is strictly my opinion which I know is probably going to piss off a good group of people, but it's just my opinion. Okay. You kids should never pay anyone for help with recruiting ever. Now, I mean, never, ever. And I say that because if you're good enough, they're going to find you. Like every kid needs to understand, especially, and I guess, especially talking, I guess, football and basketball. I don't know much about basketball. So I really just talk about football. Their schools have entire departments that are paid very well to find kids who are good enough to help them win championships. That's their whole job. That's the only thing that that department or that section of the football team does. And I mean, they're, I mean, millions of dollars go into that operation. And so they're going to find you. This ain't the old days where, you know, like when I was playing in high school where you had to send DVDs and all that stuff. I, huddle is two clicks away so the whole you don't need you shouldn't pay for for anyone to help you with recruiting um because it is what it is you are wasting your money either you're good enough or you're not i mean straight up either you're good enough or you're not and if you're good enough you will be found and if you're not you're just not going to get found and uh or you're not just going to get a scholarship you know and so um that's the first thing. Never. And I mean, whether it's a recruiting guy, seven on seven guy, or, you know, all this other stuff, like, and I know there's a lot of guys who hate seven on seven and all that stuff. I don't really hate seven on seven, but I hate seven on seven under the pretense that they're selling it as, Hey, let me help you get recruited by playing seven on seven. Like don't anybody who says that for seven on seven or this trainer or blah, 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 is not real. Your tape gets you recruited like you know what i mean your your talent on tape is what gets you recruited and your measurables that's the those are the first things like you got to have that 
or else you're not getting recruited. And like, everybody's like, well, you gotta have grades or nobody looks at you if you don't have grades. And with, and so, and I, I'm saying this too, grades are, are important. You have to have your grades too, because, but the first thing you gotta have is talent. The second thing is grades. Because again, you can have a 4.5. If you suck, I'm not recruiting you. Like, I just, <laughs> nobody's doing that. Like, nobody's doing that. And so, um, and again, you could be all world, which again, this one kid from Las Vegas, I love this kid. He was amazing. Uh, he was 6'6", six, six, like 260, um, ran a four something, and he ended up, uh, now he ended up being able to sign D2, which was great, but I couldn't recruit him at D1 because he didn't have no grades. And he could have, he should have went a bunch of places, but he didn't have any grades. So again, they're both, they're both, uh, in a mix, but sorry to get off on that deal. But so I, I say that don't hire help for recruiting. Now, if you want to play seven on seven because you want to um, get more reps in and you feel like it helps you become better, great, do it. If you want to, if you want a trainer to go train extra and all that stuff because uh, you feel like it'll help you get better, great, do it. But don't do it under the premise that, oh, this is going to be the thing that makes me recruitable or blah, blah, blah. Or don't believe anybody that's just telling you, hey, this is what's going to get you. I'm going to get you an offer. Those people are they're You're wasting your money. So that's my that's that's my answer to that question. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, and, and, you know, it. some people some people are going to be uh, cheering, cheering that message on. And other yeah. people, like you said, are not going to like it. But, you know, like and you prefaced it, that it's your opinion on it. And, and everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Um, but, but I'm with you is no one can promise you a scholarship because at the end of the day, it's like you said, the, the tape is going to be the tape. And if your tape shows that you're not getting the job done, then I, I don't care what your measure measurables are. Eventually somebody's going to say, no, not worth my time. You know, and somebody may pick them up because the measurables are so good. And, yes. you know, oh, that, that high school coach didn't know what they were talking about, didn't know what they were doing. Well, sometimes you got to dig a little bit deeper and you'll, you'll find out, like, well, it's not – the juice is not worth the squeeze uh, yeah. on, on, every, on every kid, you know. Yeah, no, I, some I kids mean, are in bad, bad spots uh, yes. because of other circumstances that are out of their control. And right. other kids put themselves in bad circumstances because of their choices, i.e. Yeah. grades or um, off, off field, out of school uh, decisions that they should not have done. Right. No, I mean, there, there's no doubt. I think every situation is unique. And, and again, I say that with recruiting stuff, too. Now, you know, and again, too, like, but if there's kids who coaches don't do anything recruiting wise or high school guys and all that stuff. And yeah, you may like, those would probably be the only situations where I'd be like, okay, yeah, if you want to go get help, get help, but even still don't pay and, you know, don't pay an, at least don't pay an arm and a leg for it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but it's just very extenuating circumstances that would, I, I would only be like, yeah, okay. That makes sense. You know? And, um, and again, just with the recruiting stuff too, you know, Again, there's kids who aren't very good in high school, you know, for whatever reason. Sometimes it's bad coaching, you know, because let's be real, bro. Like, there's bad coaches out there, dog. <laughs> I yep. was one of them for a while, dog. Like, it's just what <laughs> it is. And so, um, and then so, and if they get picked up and then they can be developed, you know what I mean? Then, um, 
then that that helps them, you know. And then there's some kids who, you know, who have the measurables, aren't good, still get picked up because of measurables, and they suck. And you know, hey, that happens too. So I, you know, it really just it really depends. But kids got to do everything that they can do to control what they can control with the decisions that they make. Uh, you know, on and off the field, handling their grades, you know, and then the biggest thing, you know, for kids too, is, you know, and, and like, again, I, and I say this too, because I, you know, I, I think a lot of coaches don't really understand how it goes either is like, the measurables matter. Like, I can't show up with a, to a recruiting meeting with a board full of five, seven nose tackles. I like, I just can't do it. Like, it ain't, that's, that's not winning football. That's not keeping, helping me keep my job. You know, not that, you know, I kept it anyway, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just, that ain't, it ain't, you know, don't nobody, you know, everybody, and I remember we talked about this too, is if you miss on the six, five kid, who's 290, everybody still kind of understands that. You know what I mean? Cause he's six, five, he's 290. You know, he did some other stuff on film. You miss on the five, six and a half kid. You know what I mean? Everybody's going to be looking at you like, uh, I don't know if you know what you're talking about, Doc. And so, but that's, I mean, that's just a little off topic recruiting thing, but. I man. love it, man. No, no, let's, I want to carry that exact sentiment and let's carry it over. Cause I asked you, you know, who's the best defensive lineman in the league right now. And you said Aaron Donald. Yes. So, so let's put ourselves in the mindset. We're in the pit uh, coach's office. Yeah. We're talking about recruiting. And I'm bringing this kid to the table. I'm bringing Aaron Donald out of high school yeah. to the table. There's there was question marks raised because obviously there was question marks going into his draft about his measurables. Right, yeah. he's undersized. He, what yeah. what can he do? What cannot can he not do? Yeah. And obviously he's proven everybody wrong. But those yeah. that took it, those that took him and pushed him, obviously hit hit gold. You know, because he was great in college, and he's even better in the pros. A, yeah. a lot of that has to do with his work ethic, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, he's 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 had the opportunity to be coached by some good coaches as well to help get him better. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, th I think – so, one, I, I let's be clear, you know, too, with, with this, like, there's only one Aaron Donald. Like, yeah. You know oh, yeah. And, and so, but even with that, there's, there are shorter D tackles in the league who are ballers like uh, Puna Ford for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Gino Atkins, who has been one of my favorites for a long time. Gino, I, Gino Atkins is a man. And uh, so again, there's, so, you know, Aaron Donald's the only Aaron Donald, but he's not the only undersized D tackle that there is uh, in the NFL. Um, but again, those question marks come up and it's obviously a bad job of evaluating at ultimately at the end of the day at, at, at really college. And, and because the thing about Aaron Donald too, is like Aaron Donald was a winner in high school. Like I, I remember writing an article about him and uh, I think he was first team all state or some uh, at least, or, or I don't know if his first team, but he was all state a couple years in high school. Like, he helped his team uh, advance very far in the playoffs. It's not win state in the, in uh, which obviously has more to do with the entire team than just Aaron Donald. But again, that's one thing. And then two, you got to think about it. If everybody knew who Aaron Donald was, there's a good chance he probably wouldn't have ended up at Pitt. Right. Let's be real about it. Like, I mean, let's just be real about it. And so there was a lot of questions about that. And again, there's, there's, there's reasons behind that. Um, why shorter guys sometimes just aren't that successful 
you know, why longer guys are, but there's all, and again, so it's always, it's a lot of preference. It's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of things, um, but you got to be able to evaluate it too and, and be able to tell, you know, if there's kids who are smaller measurable wise, but they play big or in Aaron Donald's case, huge, you know what I mean? Um, then yeah, like obviously it makes sense to sign that guy, you know, but um, yeah, but if you didn't know who they were, like if you didn't know who they were, if you didn't know who they were and I stood Chris, uh, Chris Jones and Aaron Donald next to you, most people are going to go with Chris Jones and they wouldn't be wrong either. Like, right. you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, just be real. Now he's the only person who probably he's if Aaron Donald's one, a Chris Jones is one B in that thing. Cause Chris Jones is a dog. Um, but, but yeah, so I, again, I, you know, tangent, but <laughs> no, I love it. Coaches. If I, I'm going to ask you this question and, and mm-hmm. I don't want you to, I don't want you to second guess what you're currently doing. Right. Cause we, we, we've said it before, before we mm-hmm. got on about, you know, God having a plan for us, but absolutely. do you wake up every morning and you miss coaching? This is going, uh, this might piss people off too. Coach, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I miss the relationships with the kids. Um, and, and I mean, I miss that the most by far. Um, by far, but uh, you know, this season sitting out, I'm gonna be honest with you, coach. I didn't miss it. it was, <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, and uh, you know, and again, I still get to scratch my football stuff with the site and you know, staying around that. And you know, uh, pretty soon here, kind of when all this COVID stuff dies and I get you know, my second shot and all that stuff, I'm gonna try to get back to D line training, which also kind of helps scratch that for me. Um, you know, but like for me personally, this was the first season since I was eight where I hadn't been involved with on a football team. And, uh, you know, and it was nice, you know, and for me, too, it was, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm 32. I got two young daughters uh, who are four and two. You know, I've been married for going on eight years in February. It was nice being able to have all that time back um, to be able to spend it with my family. And um, especially because we're all at home right now, I'm working from home and being able to spend this time with them and not have to kind of worry about coaching during a pandemic, which God bless you guys. Um, me personally, I don't know. I just, my anxiety, I couldn't handle that. Um, I just, I mean, truthfully, I, I, I couldn't handle that. And um, so, no, I've, I've just, I've really enjoyed this time. Now, will I be saying this two or three years from now? Who knows? Uh, but I've really enjoyed um, getting some that time back and being able to spend it with my family and, you know, sit on the couch and watch college football for eight straight hours on Saturday. I'm not going to lie to you. Coach it was pretty amazing. <laughs> Man, that, that, I love it though, but, but you can hear it in your voice when you talk about, you know, kids that you've been around and stuff, you can tell that there's a true passion for yeah. the game. There's a true passion for relationship building and there's there's a rawness about what being a good coach and what pushing kids to be better is for you, right? It, it's a yeah. real it's a real tangible thing that you can truly describe, you know. And, and people listening to this, um, you, you won't see the video and you won't see the animation that coaches put put uh, when he's expressed stuff. But if you close your eyes and you listen, you you can visualize. Just how, just how, uh, you know, 
sometimes it's been been some crazy eyes. Sometimes it's it's <laughs> been all up in the, in the computer. But you know, if you close your eyes and, and you visualize it, it's there. You see it. You feel it. So I, I've enjoyed it, man. I want to close this out on on just kind of the finer points. Um, you know, you've got the website and you do a phenomenal job breaking stuff down. Uh, but but let's start at the very at the very basic. You know, what are the, for you when you are building a defensive lineman, regardless of level of play, whether it's you know freshman football or yeah. senior in college prepping to go to the league. You know, if you strip everything away, what is a what is a general rule of thumb? What is the basic fundamental need a defensive lineman needs, in your opinion, to be successful on a consistent basis? Well, first of all, they need to be able to get into a good stance. And a lot of people will be like, well, yeah, duh, blah, blah, blah. But I can't tell you how many kids whether it be watching recruiting film or even kids we've gotten on campus during my time there or, or you know, other high school kids I work with or, or have been able to coach and, and all that stuff where they, there's, they can't get into a stance. And it's, again, I try to tell them it's just like, it's like having a bad foundation, you know, for your house, as cliche as, as can be with that saying. But, um, you know, but it's really true, you know, it's just, you got to be able to get in a good stance first. And, and to be honest, if you're a high school coach and you're trying to send kids to college and stuff, whatever kid college you send them to, their D-line coach is going to thank you if you can get them in a good stance. Because I tell you, that's the last thing we want to work on, but it's, you know, it's what we do, you know. And so, and something that I, I you know, I've always done, what, no matter what level um, of kids I've been able to, you know, been blessed to work with. So that's number one. Then the second thing, you know, is you got to teach them how to get off blocks and take on blocks. And, you know, and so, you know, whether it's through repping the sled, you know, six point, three point punch on or just repping it on people, you know, getting your kids to punch with their. And again, some people ain't going to agree with me on this, but getting your kids to punch with their thumbs up and being able to grab, you know, people in their chest, I, you know, it's very underrated, <laughs> you know, um, if you can get your kids that, you know, I, I brought his name up a couple of times already, you know, cause there was a lot of things that made Alex Barrett good uh, from his approach. You know, he was already a pro in college. I mean, he approached it like a pro. I mean, he was very, he was very, you know, on top of his mental uh, approach to it. You know, he was very serious about it. He took care of his body. I do have more supplements and all this other stuff. You know, I just recently tried to get into my health stuff, uh, but, you know, he was already on it, you know, when he was 20, 21. And, um, but the thing that made Alex Barrett great is Alex was an incredible technician, you know, um, there would be very few things grading film where I could give him a minus technique wise on and from, you know, his stance to being able to take on blocks with his hands inside in their chest, you know, with his thumbs up. I mean, he did it almost every time and it helped him because too, it was like, just to paint a picture for people, Alex Barrett is 6'2", 250. You know, that's it. And um, that's all he ever was in college. He was never really any bigger uh, besides maybe his freshman year, but, and he dominated dudes who are much bigger. 
Um, and so, you know, being able to get into a good stance, punching people with their thumbs up in their chest um, is the second thing. You know, also being able to have good hand usage uh, in pass rush situations, which again, he was also very good. And, um, you know, and then, I mean, really those are the two biggest things because, you know, you get, you teach your kids how to tackle and all that stuff, but honestly, you know, and that was kind of the San Diego state thing too, is we really didn't work on tackling at San Diego state because our philosophy was if you get 11 dudes to the ball, you're going to tackle the guy. <laughs> so just go get it. Like, I mean, you know, just go get it, go get him. And so, and people will probably be like, well, what you mean? And I mean, it's exactly what I said. We didn't really practice tackle that much because one, we just did it. We worked on it. You get enough work on that kind of, in my opinion, with all the team that we did, uh, first of all. And then two, again, if you get your kids to play hard and get 11 guys to the football, and I mean really get 11 guys to the football, not a couple, but 11, um, all that stuff's going to work itself out anyway. And so th those are the two biggest things is get your kid in the stance get him being able to get off the football and be, get him being able to destroy blocks and get him running to the football, then you're going to be fine. Oh, I love it, man. That's, that's, that's perfect. Uh, because at the end of the day, you know, football, football is about either blocking or not being blocked and running to the football. Right. It starts with your stance. It starts with your get off. And the only way that you can defeat a block is use your hands because yeah. you can't run around everybody, especially if you're on the inside. You're going to you're not gonna have very many lanes to go in anyway. No. Well, Coach, I appreciate your time, brother. It's been an yeah. amazing uh, time conversating with you and, and yeah. just getting to know who you are. Like I said, I, I love the website. Uh, I've referred several people to it uh, because of of the the simplicity but also the detail and the time you've taken to craft what you've put on that website so uh if you don't mind take a take a moment you know shout out your website uh talk about yeah. your financial business in any other way that people want to get a hold of you whether they want to talk ball or talk money yeah no i um you know first off by you know for being a financial advisor i'm a financial advisor with merrill lynch um you can reach out to me at Ernest dot Lawson at ml.com. Uh, if you also just search Ernest Lawson, Merrill Lynch, you'll be able to, to um, find my website. You can reach out to me there. Um, also with uh, get to QB.com. It's, um, you know, it's just a blog I put together, uh, just stuff I kind of wanted to get out there. felt like it could possibly help coaches. And it's really just trying to put out stuff that I wish I would have known back back in the day when I first got into coaching or just stuff that I thought um, was helpful that I've learned from other people or just, you know, watching film um, throughout my time. Again, nothing that you're going to see on there is anything original. Like I didn't, you know, this is just me um, being able to see stuff, you know, that I've seen and hopefully being able to share it. You know, it's not a, you know, it's definitely not a guru thing uh, by any means. And, um, you know, so those are the two biggest ways you can reach out to me. Also, uh, social media wise, I'm just uh, Coach Lawson TX um, on, tw on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Feel free to reach out, uh, you know, and if I can help, I uh, would love to. Awesome, man. I, I highly advise everybody to take, take time, reach out to Coach, read his blogs. You're, you're just going to get better. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, 
just real quick with that too. I had to take a break uh, to take care of some health stuff. Uh, so I, you're gonna see some. I haven't put some up since October, but um, there will I will be having updating the site within the next few weeks um, with content. So just be on the lookout for that. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate your time, Coach. Thank you for uh, for giving us some insight into the college game and also uh, just insight into your coaching journey. It's 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 a great lesson. Uh, appreciate you for being vulnerable and, and open about everything and yeah. uh, and truthful. Yeah, no, no problem. Again, I appreciate your time. Hopefully, I didn't make you or any of your listeners worse. And uh, no, man, just uh, again, uh, appreciate just being able to talk. Really hope you enjoyed today's episode with Coach Lawson. Hope you learned a lot. Don't forget to check out his website, subscribe to the newsletter, check out his YouTube channel for great information and breakdown on defensive line play, pass rushing. Don't forget to follow him on Twitter and on Instagram. Remember, everything will be linked in the show notes below. Thanks again to Coach Lawson for taking the time, chopping it up with me. Look forward to more conversations in the future. Thanks for checking out the podcast today. Really hope you enjoyed today's guest. Don't forget to leave a like and a review. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast fix from. Ratings and reviews really help us reach more viewers. Peace out. Have a nice day. Be the change you want to see in the world. Peace.